Welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. Our goal is to reframe, simplify, and focus on our mission to make disciples in a post-Christian culture. We discuss reaching new people and raising up leaders while removing the barriers of churchianity. I'm Eric Bryant, one of the executive pastors at Gateway Church in Austin, author of Not Like Me, and resource provider at ericbryant.org. In today's episode, I interview Mark and Avion Moore of the band Christafari. They're having an incredible impact around the world through their concerts and albums. Well, I'm so grateful to have some friends from back in my Los Angeles days, Mark Moore, Avion Blackman, two of the founding members of Christafari. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. <laughs> oh. It's great to see you, Pastor. It's been a very, very long time. It has been a while, and it's really great to see you guys. Well, and it's amazing, really. I mean, even when we uh, were together there in Los Angeles, yeah. I mean, Crest of Fire was already traveling internationally, but since then, I mean, it's even more remarkable. Yeah, we've 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 been a, a, around the world, I, 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 many, many times. <laughs> just, just hit our 85th country, and of course, in that means going to places like Brazil 20 times and other places, but... um. It's been a, we, we're not at home often, but obviously this season, this year, yeah. <laughs> we went from 30 countries to three countries. Yeah. But it's a been strange. A it is a strange time. Well, I want to hear all about some of the new things you're working on, but, but first tell me uh, or tell us about really over the last several years, how has Christafari been making an impact? I mean, like you said, you go to Brazil 20 times. I mean, I guess is. David Hasselhoff is to Germany, Christafari is to Brazil. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of the videos. I mean, thousands, tens of thousands of people come to hear you guys. Tell us a little bit about Christafari and the impact you guys are having. Well, it all started when I was a 17-year-old drug-addicted youth that was into reggae and Rastafarianism. And, and uh, the Lord delivered me from that at a youth camp right before I was going to turn 18. I was having a quiet time with him. He put a new song in my heart. Mm. Uh, just like the psalmist said in Psalm 40, he lifted me out of the, the mud, the mire, the muck, the crap, if you know what I mean. And he put my feet on a rock. He put a new song in my heart. And and I love how the, the psalmist said, many will put their trust in him. And that was ultimately my goal. It wasn't for us to be successful, but it was for I, – I, I value success. I see success as souls saved, as Paul said, to win as many as possible. So. Um, just set out on this mission, never expecting 31 years later, wow. as of this September, that, awesome. um, that we would have gone around the world so many times, obviously met my beautiful wife in Trinidad and Tobago uh, while, while traveling the world. And, um, but yeah, over the last few years, God has, has, has given us a kind of a paradigm shift. Hmm. And it was actually happening while you were co-pastoring there at Mosaic. Um, as we were going from nation to nation, doing the the industry standard, you know, you go, you minister, you give the gospel, you do this, you do that, you do it for an honorarium. That honorarium covers your costs, it covers your rent, it covers your everything, and and uh, but that means that you basically can't go to places that can't pay the honorarium. Right. And so when we were in New Caledonia, traveling from there to a little island called Lifu where the last people to be eaten there by cannibals were missionaries. This is like off the grid. Nobody yeah. knows where this place is. Wow. Um, I felt like God was downloading the new 
the new framework for Christ Safari, almost like your phone wants to do it at 3 a.m. And you keep saying, right. no, not this time. But yeah. in this time, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm ready. What do you want? And he said, I want you to disband Christ Safari as you know it. I want you to ask everybody to come on as a full-time missionary. This was 2012. And wow. um, I want you to, to serve me and go where I'm calling you, not where the money is. And I'll take care of you, basically. Wow. That's remarkable. Well, in that same sort of season, so since that moment, I mean, you're going to places where God is really working. And, you know, this is the post-Christian podcast. And what's been fascinating is to hear about God working in some of these places that was predominantly Catholic forever, yeah. but mm-hmm. it was it was nominal. It was just cultural. Yeah. What are you seeing God do, like in since 2012, both in the band and in the crowds that you've been serving how have you seen god at work wow <laughs> you want to where to begin <laughs> yes where to begin where have we not see him work yeah yeah i actually i can't think of a place where we haven't seen him work so that's a tough one yeah well, I, I see him work in the band i see him work in, at, at places we go and and we sing and we just really see him work it has nothing to do with us it's mm-hmm. it's, him, it's his hand um the lives that a lot of lives are being impacted. Yeah. And as I said, I, I, that you could just can't explain it. And yeah. the only way you can explain it is, is God. It's God. And, and we've think, seen yeah. some weird things. Okay. Now, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm from a straightforward church. I, I'm from a church where they didn't, re- you know, if somebody was sick, they'd say, okay, we'll pray for him. Right. That was it. They didn't even lay hands on him and pray for him, you know what right. I mean? Right. Let alone, let alone miracle stuff. But we've seen those kinds of things where we're, on stage and and praising the Lord, and somebody brings up a quadriplegic in Nepal, and all of a yeah. sudden the person just starts dancing, and everybody's yeah. freaking out. We're like, we've yeah, seen things where, where just yeah, we're we're a deaf two yeah. two different times. Deaf yeah. people could completely hear, yeah. and and we would see them years later, and they could still hear. It was just and and these weren't things that we just no, like set out to do. Yeah. But yeah. the greatest miracle of all. The greatest miracle of all is seeing the soul transform, yeah. seeing yeah. seeing that regeneration, seeing uh, a place that is close to the gospel. Yeah. Like um, we've done some big shows, you know, sometimes 100, 150,000 people. But like when we're playing before 300 people in Prague, in mm-hmm. the Czech Republic, and it's in the center square where less than 1% of the entire nation is Christian. Mm-hmm. And then the people that have come to visit are from Muslim closed countries. Mm-hmm. And we give the gospel, and as we're playing, I give the gospel five different times, and every time I'm seeing people with burkas. Once I start preaching, they pull out their phone, wow, and they start filming. Mm-hmm. And then I say, "If you'd like to receive Jesus," I'm seeing these hands raised. Yeah. I'm like, "My gosh!" This stuff. Wow. <laughs> so those are the real miracles yeah. for me. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I do think too that the music is a source of intrigue and interest. It's transcendent. Talk, talk about the music and how you've seen it bring in people that wouldn't necessarily come around. You go ahead. (laughs) Well, as we travel around the world, you can't go into any sort of market without seeing a Bob Marley t-shirt or a Bob Marley bag or Bob Marley, this or Bob Marley that he's the only one that is loved everywhere, especially in a suffering place and a place where there's, third world or or developing nation and where there's an island where there's a coast where there's Mm. anything tropical um so they're really really open to reggae yeah you know there's this guy 
years ago, he wrote this incredible book called Peppermint Pinatas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget this story that he told about, about how, how he was sent off to go and get a bunch of candy for his kid's pinata. You remember that I think that it was story. a 99 yeah. cent store or something. That's and he's right. like, oh, the best deal ever is peppermints. I can fill the pinatas with peppermints. And when those kids banged on that pinata, man, they were they were not excited about the lack of variety. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the world is full, especially in Christendom. Uh, by the way, I'm referring to this yes, my, my this guy's book right, <laughs> right now. Right. In fact, it's still in our bathroom to this day. <laughs> oh, that's great! Great place for it. Time to read. That's where that's where the real reading gets done. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, I didn't tell you where I write my songs. No, <laughs> no seriously, I am serious. No, um. So the, the lack of variety is is an epidemic in Christianity mm. and especially in, in Christian music. And so when we set up, just setting up, people are looking, they're seeing a Brazilian, they're seeing a Trinidadian, mm. they're seeing a white guy, they're seeing some, somebody with Dutch Surinamese, they're seeing all these different people, for, you know, Asian or this or that. I mean, they're looking at our group, a Hawaiian, they're like, what the heck? There's something for everybody. It's like a yeah. buffet. it's like a Las Vegas buffet. That's There's something awesome. for everybody. They see themselves in at least one or two of the band members, and so that's a start too. Is yeah. is, is breaking that that whole racial barrier, the cultural barrier yeah. that you know they hear the accents or 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 sometimes one of our band members will be speaking in a different language. So it's. There's this kind of welcoming thing. It's that's not beautiful. like colonialization Christianity. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, that's so true. That's so beautiful. It is a beautiful, I mean, the videos, watching your videos are just, it is, it's like the United Nations. And uh, and obviously your team is incredibly talented, but also the videographers and editors, like some of your videos have been seen, you know, 20 million times. And it's because it's it's a beautiful song and it's beautifully done. Uh, tell us about some of the things Christ Safari is working on now. Uh, Avian, I think I heard you had a new album. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, tell us about Jess, it. Jess just, just released it. We were working on it for like three years. Yeah, and about 30 nations. Yeah, we but the, we record mean, as we go, you know, oh, wherever. Yeah. Hotel yeah. rooms. Yeah, everywhere. It was, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a bunch of songs um, that I grew up on. I, I grew up way in the jungle in, in Trinidad, and uh, my family, we would, have devotion every day to God. And um, we were given these songs and we used to worship God with these songs. And yeah. um, this, this, these are the songs that are recorded. So it's really close to my heart. It's, it's you know, yeah. What's really cool to me is, uh, when, uh, first of all, when she says she grew up in the jungle, literally log cabin, middle of the jungle, would yeah. swim with alligators each day. It's Crocodiles, caiman, sorry, caiman, look it up. Right, right. Um, Running water was you had to run and get it kind of water. No electricity, all acoustic instruments. And every morning at like 6 a.m., her father would wake up the family, 24 brothers and sisters. I just wow. said that. You heard me. Wow. And, and they, would, um, they would worship the Lord. And just this kind of a – he created his own style of tribal kind of calypso meets soca meets African – meets gospel it was it was very wow. passionate and so some of the songs like psalm 23 and others that her father wrote that she grew up you know worshiping the lord too that was her uh, how great is our god yeah. that was yeah. her 
our God reigns. Or whatever. At, first, at first, we we were going to do like a cover album of cover songs of old hymns and stuff, but I wasn't connecting to it. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was so I started asking myself why I'm not connecting to it, even though they're beautiful songs. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then I realized, oh, I didn't grow up singing. In yeah. These, so yeah. So we scrapped the original yeah, version of the album, which was hymns and spiritual yeah. songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. it's spiritual songs, but written by my family. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. What are you calling the album? It's called Fly. Fly. Oh, nice. Yeah. It will Wonderful. literally give you wings. It's, <laughs> I can't check it wait. Out. If, if you go to Spotify or Apple Music, if you search Christafari, uh, it'll, it'll, Christafari presents Albion Blackman Fly. We're really excited about that. This year, we also released a Musicianaries album, which is a double album. Great. And that one, we would take... Uh, tones or sounds or polyrhythms from different cultures. It's kind of an ethnomusicology 101. And we would then incorporate them. Like we just released a music video called Imigongo, which is, um, is some, some kind of central or East African rhythms. We're partnering with this musician there who's incredible, some dueling guitar solos. And we're talking about how they made Imigongo is, is this art that was made by the, Son of the king of Rwanda 500 years ago. It was throughout the palace. It's, it's made with your fingers. It's black and white. It's rich. It's vibrant patterns. But when you really study it, and we bought a bunch, we filled our house with it. And then we realized it was made of dung and ash. <laughs> dung and ash. Do, oh, things, wow. do things you really, you got to pay somebody to get rid of that stuff. <laughs> but they managed to take two things that are refused and mix them together in the right way wow. and make this kind of cement. And then they paint it with organic things as well that are, that are, that are involved in those things. And at the end of it all, it, God makes this masterpiece, mm. you know, out, out of our mess, he, yeah. made, he makes the message. Wow. Out of our trials, he gives us triumph. Out of our test, he gives us a testimony. In the same way, this, this artist makes takes something that's worthless and then gives you this valuable piece of art. So uh -huh. we're we're taking little cultural cues as we go, kind of like Mars Hill moments as we yeah. make songs and as we uh, continue to bring this message to the world, even even in, in what they call I hate the word new normal, but even yeah. in that we're yeah. trying to go still. That's so great. Well I do think this is an important conversation because in many ways what you're doing is you're cultural missionaries. I mean, everywhere you go, but you're also uh, reaching out to people in a way that they can understand. Like you're, you're bringing, yeah, you're bringing the message in a way that is relevant to, to how they enjoy life. Talk about some of the process of how you uh, write new music, how you take these sounds that don't seem to go together and bring them together. What is that process like for you? Well, guys? we have a guitarist that lives in Brazil. So we work with him back and forth. Right now he's stuck there. Um, but essentially we'll grab a little recording of a chant that's happening in a Maasai village. And as we're, as we're ministering to these tribal warriors, seven hours from Nairobi, middle of nowhere. And then that'll inspire us to write a whole song. And we'll, we'll just take those little cues. Essentially what we're trying to do is this. When we go to those people, we want to, to contextualize the gospel. And the way that Jesus contextualized the gospel to Hebrew culture, for instance, yeah. you know, I mean, he came as a Hebrew yeah. to the Hebrews yeah. to minister in the center of them. He didn't come as a Chinaman speaking mm -hmm. Mandarin or this or that. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to do that. And in doing that, we're, we don't want to compromise. I, I believe that there's three takes on it. 
it's Christ for culture. Everything in culture is good. Receive it. Yay. And celebrate it, even if it's sin or Christ against culture. Everything in culture is bad. And let's replace this culture with a Western culture, right. <laughs> which they did, missionaries right. did for years. Yeah. Or there's the Hudson Taylor approach, which is Christ is the transformer of culture. Mm. So there's certain things that he did. I mean, he shaved his head except for a ponytail, dyed the ponytail black, dyed his eyebrows black. And he almost went blind doing it, put on spectacles mm. to hide the fact that he that his eyes were not, you know, right. the same way as the people he was trying to reach in Asia. And and he set out to learn the language and the minister, the people where they were at, create as few hurdles, as few obstacles as possible between the, the, the speaker and the hearer, between the gospel and the recipient. And um, that's yeah. what we're trying to do in this music as we as we write a song where, you know, we released something recently that was kind of dedicated to New York mm -hmm. and it's called lock and step. So we're including step dancing and, mm -hmm. and, you know, that stomping, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And whatever it is, we're trying to be as relevant as possible to God, to the word, to our calling as evangelists, but to the people we're trying to reach. That's wonderful. A lot of times too, I realize in, in some of the cultures, God has, has um, been reaching out to them. And mm. in their in their culture and language, like even the supai, yeah, you know, we did a song um, featuring a chant from one of the supai, and um, it, the story tell me yeah. about the story. So, so we're for twenty five years. I'm trying to get to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when I was a stoner, I read in High Times magazine of this tribe that worshipped Bob Marley. <laughs> They were a weed-smoking reggae tribe that were wearing red, yellow, and green and speaking supai and speaking patois, Jamaican patois. They loved reggae. 25 years it took me to get down there. There, there had never been another ministry received to minister to the, the tribesmen in the history uh, of the tribe. And so we were, we were literally going, you know, we were frontier missionaries at that wow. point. We found some veterinarians, veterinarians that were going down there to minister to the animals. <laughs> uh, we piggybacked with them, made uh, a few friends, made some inroads, and then got invited down. And as we're going, I was praying that God would give them a revelation that Bob Marley, seven months before he died, received Jesus. And, and that they would be uh, singing this new redemption song. And when we finally got down there, I was a little disappointed because... Most of the the people that loved Marley had died off. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> or or just it wasn't as relevant. The youth were listening to yeah. stuff that was um, it just wasn't anything close to reggae. So yeah. I mean, I remember as we're setting up the speakers, I'm like, and the, and we're playing Bob Marley's "I Shot the Sheriff" or something like that, and the kid comes up and looks at me and says, "Is that you singing?" I'm like, "Oh, oh no. no! You know, if you don't know who sings this song, we got problems." <laughs> so we do our first. Our first, we had two days of ministry. The first one, we were just going to just tell them, the God who made this canyon, we're in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. We had to fly everything down by helicopter, wow. drop this gear in a net with helicopter, and then the band had to hike down 10 miles. It was crazy just to get down there, the most most isolated people in, in the contiguous United States. So, so uh, the first one, first day was just God loves you. The God who made this majestic canyon made you and he loves you. That was the beginning. We're just setting that. And at the end of it, this guy comes up to me and he's like, Mark, he's like one of the kind of chief elders. He's like, Mark, uh, he's crying. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I just wish 
my wife Raven was here and and she'd be so blessed. And so we started praying for him because Raven just died like a, a week earlier. Oh, he was goodness. reeling from it. And then as I prayed for him, he said, Bagiova just gave me a message. I'm like, okay. But I know one thing about Supai culture, Bagiova is their word for Jehovah. I'm like, what is it? He's like, I'm supposed to tell you something that nobody else in the world knows. Only a few tribesmen know. I'm like, okay. He's like, in the sweat lodge, we sing this song. And he's like, he's doing this thing. I'm like, what is these guys saying? At the end, he's like, he, he describes it. He's like, these four warriors, Supai warriors, were transported to the foot of an execution. They're looking at a man hanging on a tree and his blood is dripping, his blood is dripping, his blood is dripping. And then they stab him in the side, and now his blood is gushing. And it's a cleansing song. It's a healing song. It's only sung in the sweat lodges to purify and to cleanse. I'm like, how old is it? He's like, well, we believe it's 6,000 years old. I'm like, okay, so you're saying that <laughs> the inception of mankind, as far back as your tribe can go, God sent the gospel to these people to wow. hear this message. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Tomorrow, could you share that before I share the gospel? That's incredible. And he did, and the people received him. And it just reminded me about how his law is written in our hearts. He's written eternity in our hearts. And ultimately, um, we've seen so many times where he just paves the way. That's such a beautiful story. I mean, I've heard miraculous stories like that before, but that one is one of the best. Like, it is remarkable how... I guess it's a great reminder. God is at work yeah, yeah, all around us, the people he sent us to reach and, and figuring out what he's been saying. And the yeah. only way you can figure that out is by listening. You know, yeah. you spent that time and you went there. Yeah. Well, I'm just so excited about the ministry that you guys have had and are having certainly excited about the new album. Thank you guys for taking a few minutes to share more of your story. And thank you for, uh, bringing the message of Jesus to people all around the world. Thank you so much. And keep going with God, keep serving the Lord. And if anybody uh, wants to support us, yeah. please, we're full-time musicianaries, musical missionaries. You can go to Christafari.com. That's Christ, A-F-A-R-I.com. And then just click on the donate button. And we'd love to have you partner with us as we continue to go until all know. Oh, keep up the great work. Thank you both so very much. Thank you. God bless you, brother. You too. Thanks for joining us on the Post-Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.